Oh, Blackhawks fans, welcome into the Four Feathers postgame show. I'm Johnny Nani. I've got two of my panelists with me tonight, Ron Luce and Tony Marchese. It's going to be an interesting one, a roller coaster, uh, just like the game was tonight. Blackhawks fall six to five. Um, guys, what a just ridiculous game uh, overall. First of all, how you guys doing? And, uh, you know, a little initial reaction to how that thing went down tonight. Yeah, I... Um... I'm not feeling so great, Johnny. I, I think you're in, a, in agreement with that. It's just, you know, it looked so good. Cat made it 5-4, and then it is what it is, but we'll get into it here. But otherwise, I am doing well, sir. How are you? I am doing fantastic because it's awesome to be on the mic with both of you uh, tonight after a Blackhawks game, even though it's a loss. I'm a happy human because I get to drink beers and talk Blackhawks hockey with you guys. Uh, not doing well with the final score of that game. But uh, like Ron said, we'll get into it. I think there's just a bit to dissect here and a lot to talk about uh, just in the Blackhawks world in general. Johnny, I'll toss it back over to you. Let's get into this. Yeah, uh, guys, you know, the rough one on the final score there, um, especially when you had multiple leads in this game, uh, always sucks to see those slip away. But uh, when you go, you go back and look at it, I mean, Columbus um, probably deserved to win this game uh, from a possession standpoint. I mean, they, they were driving a shit ton of it, uh, especially at five on five. And they also won the special teams battles. So, um, you know, something that the Blackhawks have excelled in uh, as of late, um, not so much the case tonight. So uh, we'll get into that before we do. Make sure you go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs you can find us on twitter and instagram at four feathers pod at on tap sports net and go subscribe rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast so you can get these right in your queue uh, when you wake up in the morning so uh gentlemen uh, like i like i said uh it was six five loss tonight um back and forth affair um columbus had the lead early blackhawks took it back not too long after in the second period um and it was back and forth in the third period roller coaster to say the least uh very fitting for the title of this episode so uh just give me some initial thoughts here um on what you witnessed at the uc tonight yeah johnny i mean uh early on it was was not great. Obviously, Columbus took the 1-0 lead, but that second period was fun. I mean, they they come out guns a-blazing uh, and get this thing tied up. We got two first career goals. Uh, it was the first time since 1989, and Ronick was a part of that duo. So that just tells you how long it's been. Uh, Bodan and Mitchell getting their first two. Slick Nick, great stick-to-click pick for me. Very happy with that. Um, and then it went south, Johnny, and that's, that's where it really soured my mood. And I think that's just initially – We'll start right there. This had all the makings for me of a classic uh, Chell three-on-three game, uh, just back and forth action. A lot of a uh, lot of goals scored at, at weird times. Uh, just momentum shifts back and forth throughout the entire game. The only thing that really resonated with me, especially in that third period, was they did not weather the storm. They did not weather the storm. And there were multiple storms uh, by Columbus, Tony. So, uh, you know, the, the Blackhawks had a few instances of even in the second period, I think you can go back and say there, uh, where Lincoln had made a stretch of saves uh, that definitely kept them in the lead uh, after they'd, you know, uh, gone out in front um, within that first like minute and 15, you know, whatever seconds it was uh, of the second period. So there was some props to be uh, had for Lincoln in there, but then otherwise um, some, a little bit of rebound control, even some of them that didn't lead to goal necessarily um, maybe something that you wouldn't like to see kicked out so wide uh, to a winger just because you saw 
Um, even though they weren't the resulting plays, you know, a shot that gets blocked like it ends out one way. Uh, you see how easily that is for someone to come in, scoop it in the mid circle uh, and just bury top shelf. And those are seemingly easy goals, even though it's kind of a fluke play and some bad puck luck off of a block shot that doesn't just get smothered. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, there, there's a lot to dissect from this game. Uh, we'll run it down here. Um, in the first period, uh, the only scoring came on a shorthanded chance. So like I talked about the special teams battles not being won by the Blackhawks tonight. Um, when the Blackhawks do get this uh, first power play opportunity here at um, 1130 mark, uh, Bodine is out there quarterbacking the top unit, so to say, uh, because Keith just had a really, really long shift before that, like over a minute. So uh, they had Bodine out there and he gets stripped as he's coming across and give credit to the Columbus penalty kill. Uh, really nice, uh, you know, kind of two-man trap uh, on him as he's trying to exit his own zone there. Uh, but Atkinson comes in, fires one top shelf over Lankinen, um, and it gives you kind of some bad vibes uh, early here, guys. I don't know about you. I was like, oh, shit, uh, this one could get a little bit out of hand, a little ugly. Yeah, it certainly felt that way right out the gate just because of that momentum shift. And it's just like, oh, really? Yeah, here we go again. Like, you know, we're getting up at the old, they take two games against Dallas and then they're going to piss the bed against Columbus, who Johnny and I admittedly kind of shit on uh, on the last episode as a as a preview for this game. But yeah, you know, it, it felt rough early. And I think that, you know, kind of a little bit of foreshadowing is why that second period was so just fantastic for, you know, being a Hawks fan tonight. Yeah, I don't have much on on that first goal. Um, you know, obviously, it, it'd be nice for the Hawks to get out and take that lead. Uh, Ron, you talk about the momentum coming out of Dallas, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, you're going to give up the first goal sometimes. Uh, I didn't really read too much into it. I still kind of felt that the Hawks hadn't quite gotten their their feet underneath them yet here, and uh, they were going to they they were going to make some moves, and and they did. So I don't know if we want to head on into the second period, Johnny, or if you've got any more thoughts on. Uh, on that one right there. Yeah. I, I mean, I think they had a, a couple chances that looked promising on that power play after it. Um, you know, Kubalik, uh, he tried to pass the slot uh, like that worked so well on um, uh, Tuesday night against Dallas, but then uh, that gets denied from there. And then uh, right after that has a shot that just sails, you know, a little bit wide and a little shoulder save uh, by Corpusello. So credit to him there as well. Uh, but it would have been nice I think to, you know, respond right away uh, on that. But um, ultimately that uh, kind of didn't matter uh, in the scheme of things at least for the progression of the game at the certain point because when you get into the second period Blackhawks came out guns a blazing uh, in the second period and I guarantee a uh, talking point in the locker room was D get activated uh, all because you see two rookie defensemen uh, scoring their first uh, NHL goals here uh, early on uh, first was Mitchell uh, camp had a really nice drive in uh, fed Mitchell on the doorstep looked like he wasn't get to going to get to him at first you're like oh, god damn it camp you're really going to screw us like this again with your stone hands uh, but no he eventually got it there uh, good on Mitchell pitching up getting active in the offensive zone uh, right on the doorstep varies that one uh, to tie it at 1-1 and then like what uh, it was within uh, 56 seconds later I think uh, Nicholas Bodin um, he, he gets one in the door off shoots it off the end boards uh, comes in and uh, Bodine just snipes it top shelf past uh, Corpus Allo. Um guys it, the young guns you know it is one definite major positive we can take out of this tonight we talked about young guns getting it done Tuesday night um, for the most part early on here um, showing out and uh, some of these guys breaking out of their shells felt like it was only a matter of time for Mitchell. Nice to see that. And Bodine, uh, same thing. We, Ron and I talked about the hybrid game. Uh, you saw the offensive side of that hybrid tonight. So uh, elaborate a little bit on what it means for these uh, young guys getting their first goals here. 
Yeah, I mean, super special for both of them. And I was, you know, telling my dad, I was like, how perfectly they work in that system to know to roll down to where the open ice is when you got a lot of guys up high in the, you know, in the offensive zone. They both do that and they take advantage of it. Mitchell, you mentioned, is just coming down to the blue paint, gets that good pass from camp. And in Bodine's case, actually makes a really nice, you know, shot on the play in order to get his first. So cool seeing that out of the young guys. First career goals are cool and tough. And um, again, that just really happy for Slick Nick on the day that I pick him as my stick to click. Hey, you know, I love seeing the defense get up and involved in the play. And that's something that, uh, you know, when you have the opportunity to do that, uh, it just adds that much more pressure uh, and then sustains that offense just a little bit more. Great to see two young guys uh, getting up there and getting involved in the play. I mean, that's just like Ron said, cool and tough. Uh I don't know if that was uh, drawn up there by Jeremy Carlton or if they just saw the opportunity to step in, uh, but it looked somewhat designed there on those uh, something that they've been working on a little bit. So uh, I don't know if I can give full credit because I don't know for sure that that's exactly what happened, but it's just nice to see that you've got uh, young defensemen uh, with some offensive awareness that can jump into a play like that. And they both cash in back to back. Uh, that's pretty cool and tough to see. Yeah, it bodes well for the future, Tony, I think is what the biggest thing you're talking about there is that they have that touch to be able to do that. Um, and uh, the awareness to, you know, make those adjustments uh, in game, uh, because that can be one thing to go from game, you know, whatever uh, we're at right now, 14, 15 to game 17 to make that adjustment, but within period, you know, one to two of game 15 here uh, tonight. So that was nice to see probably point of emphasis from the coaching staff, I would guess uh, like, Hey, we can, you know, shoot these lanes and attack these guys by using uh, active defensemen. So uh, I, I would probably, you know, put it a combination of both uh, for what led to that. So um, within this middle frame, though, obviously when you get six goals against at the end of the day, not going to look too good. But I do need to give props to Mr. Lykanen here because uh, Columbus came back and they had a surge uh, not too long after these goals because, you know, you get scored on early, like, oh, shit, we're chasing the game now after we had the lead um, after 20 minutes. So Columbus really put a push on and, uh, you know, we had, two different series of like two or three saves uh, did Kevin Lankinen, uh early in the second period. So uh, I, I was impressed with that, um, at least early on uh, within that middle frame. Um, and then, you know, we, we talk about these guys, rookies scoring goals. How fucking long is it going to take before Brandon Hagel finally pots one? Not soon yeah. enough. Not soon enough. He was right there. Not too long after uh, Mitchell and then Bodine scored. It was ridiculous. He'll, he'll get one. He'll get one really soon. Like it's, it's coming. Uh, if he keeps playing like he did tonight, it's coming. I, I mean, I, I would hope it comes because you just look at the body of work uh, over since he's been inserted in the lineup um, and, you know, just has that work ethic. We talked about he was our cool and tough player of the game, our inaugural one kind of reason we even started that whole thing up, Tony. So, um, I mean, it, it's coming. Uh, that's for sure. But uh, would have been really sweet to see uh, three in a row. Uh, first, you know, NHL goals in there. So um, that's the way it goes, though. It did not go in for him. Um, and Blackhawks, though, they were, they were not done uh, after those first two goals in this one. Uh, Bodine, the guy who scored the second goal of the game, makes a really nice feed to Patrick Kane. Uh, and Kane, you know, just backhand magic uh, over to Pia Suter out in front. All he's got to do is tap it into the wide open six by four. Um, I mean, it, it's a treat to watch Patrick Kane play every night, guys. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Kane's going to go down as the greatest American-born player to ever play in the game. Uh, he's absolutely incredible. The Really the the face of this Blackhawks team for the last, you know, however many years now. We're, we're approaching 14, 13. I mean, it's getting up there um, since him and Taves, 
you know, really took over and, and became the V Blackhawks that we all know and love today. So um, 88 special to watch. And that's literally what we said going into the season. It's like, even if you know, it's going to be a rough year, just, just watch to watch guys like Patrick Kane, because that guy alone is worth watching the game. Ron, you stole most of the words right out of my mouth there. Um, you know, there, there's, I mean, in reality, there's really no words to describe how good Patrick Kane is at this game. Um, and for one thing, just seeing him, uh, you know, with, with Alex to with guys, uh, that these young guys, that, that's something that they can learn from. He, he is really adapted to kind of that leader role somewhat this year early on. Um, and you see it, you see the sparks of energy with guys that get to get out there on the ice with him. And it's just really good to see. Um, it, it's something special to watch. And like Ron said, I mean, it's a reason to tune into Blackhawks hockey. Uh, just the name Patrick Kane alone uh, is more than enough that it, that it should take for a hockey fan to watch the Hawks play. All right, so at this point, Hawks up three to one, like I mentioned, after that suitor goal. Um, Zadorov then takes a boarding penalty at the 11.30 mark, and uh, this is where Columbus capitalizes again, uh, once again, winning the special teams battle. Uh, Jack Rosovic, who's just been stellar for them, uh, coming over from Winnipeg, uh, he buries a one-timer uh, on this thing to make it three to two. We talked just about Brandon Hagel here. Uh, I know we kind of went on a little bit of a rant earlier, but um, he, he rushes in once again, just a power move to the net. Uh, doesn't you know probably not going to score there just with the angle and how hard the defense was bearing down on him but he draws a penalty there uh, at the very tail end of this period 1923 to be exact on the time marker there uh, Gabrikov trips him up so uh, this penalty carries over into the third period so we'll take it from there uh, they have it for 124 and um, I really liked uh, to bring its effort on this face-off because Columbus won it if you go and look at it uh, they, they won it to the corner but to went digs it out and uh, finds some space, walks up the half wall, looks over for Kane at the top of the right circle. Uh, and Kane, it, guys, I don't know about you, it was really, really nice to see one snipe, Ron, like you're just doing to me there, the finger guns, um, under the bar. Just uh, phenomenal stuff there. And uh, you're feeling really good after this. It's, you know, 4-2 Hawks, and you're setting the tone, so to say, for the period. Um, you felt like you did in the second period. I know they got back within one, uh, but it's 4-2. You got two-goal lead here. Patrick Kane's going uh, to break it to one and help him out there. Um, I'd say morale was high at this point. Morale was very high, and I'm telling you what, that, that Patrick Kane goal felt like the heartbreaker back in 2013 and just break that heart. I mean, that's what it felt like. And and it felt really good. Like, wow, they're going to do this again. Like Lankinen's going to be stellar. You know, Kane's going to be the guy that just ices this thing because he's Kane. And then it just goes south. I mean, it just, but at that moment, just flying high, feeling really good to be a Hawks fan in this crazy season, right? And everybody, you know, the jokes being made coming in. Well, the last time the Hawks won the cup was a shortened season. You know, they were the last team to do it in a shortened season. And as, as much of a pipe dream as that was, it was starting to look like that the last couple of games. So at that moment, we were feeling real good. I'll take a page out of uh, the classic negative Nami book and say, never get up for the letdown Ron. You fell right in the fucking trap. Um, I, I don't think that this team is as good as they've played so far. This is still a really young team, Ron, and, and there's going to be great moments like this. And yes, how awesome would it be for the Blackhawks to clinch a playoff spot this year, continue to play at a high level, beating teams like uh, the Dallas stars, um, can they do it? Sure. Are they a fun team to watch? Yeah. Tonight was a fun hockey game, 
but tonight just had a lot of, like I said earlier, like this, this, this chell feeling where the game felt fixed and you know, no matter what the Hawks did, Columbus just kept clawing back and grabbing that momentum. And to me, like, I just wait, I, I was waiting after they scored that one for the next shoe to drop. I don't know how negative Nani felt, but I, that's kind of where I was as, as lethal as that goal was, man. Like I just knew that this game was not over. Yeah. I mean, you just look at the way Columbus is pressing in this thing. Um, and you're not going to, you know, that's nice to score a power play goal there, but at five on five, uh, they were dictating the terms. Um, I don't think people realize that, um, yeah, sure. The Hawks were up and still, um, were looking good, uh, throughout even most of this third period for the most part, uh, when you look at it for time leading and then, you know, obviously got back tied and we'll get to the goals that went there, but overall, um, I mean, Hawks give up 43 shots tonight. So that, that is the first time they've been over that 40 mark in a while. Whereas, I mean, that was consistent last year. So we were used to it then, but it was nice seeing a little more structure come down, um, and help smother some of those chances um in previous games he did it very well against a good offensive team uh in the stars and um that, that was not able to carry over tonight so um i think you're seeing the effects of missing a Connor murphy uh in the middle there i would say for sure um and we'll get to those uh down i have a few more notes on him uh, as we come later in this thing so uh, back to the scoring in this one um it was a high more bad penalty, uh, 454 mark. Um, kind of lets Columbus back into this one here um, because, you know, David Kemp did have a shorthanded chance, but then uh, Cam Atkinson comes, uh, shoots one from the low right circle, uh, rebound comes out in front, plenty of cage, plenty of blue paint uh, open in front for uh, Mr. Boone Jenner uh, to pound home the rebound, make it 4-3 here. And not too long after this, I think it was only like a minute 18, something like that. Um, afterward, uh, Cam Atkinson puts a shot on net, blocked by Duncan Keith. This is kind of the bad puck luck I talked about very early in the show. Uh, that slides over to Roslevic, and Lankinen has no chance. He's going from right post to left post, and uh, all he has to do from the middle of the circle there, uh, Jack Roslevic has popped that one top shelf, and he does that very well. And this is the, uh, you know, back down the roller coaster here, guys. Yeah, and as we're falling, you know, as Blackhawks fans, the, the Columbus Blue Jackets are on the same ride going up for the drop because, I mean, Roslevic, like you said, that he – Everybody felt like he's the throw-in in the you know Pierre Luc Dubois line A trade, and he's their number one center right now. He's playing better than Pierre Luc Dubois may ever have in a Columbus Blue Jackets uniform. I mean, he is hot right now, and you can't give that guy that good of a look, you know, and that bad puck luck. You know, maybe if that's a guy on a, a lower line, they miss. But the way Roslovic's been playing, it's like everything he touches is gold, and it, it was it was destined for the back of the net. I like how you mentioned the roller coaster here, Johnny. Uh, you know, I tweeted out after the last game uh, something along the lines of, you know, is this Blackhawks team good? We don't know. Are they fun to watch? Yes. And somebody responded back with, let's check back here at this tweet a week from now. And I replied to him, yeah, we don't know what part of the roller coaster we're going to be on. I mean, each and every one of these games has been a roller coaster, so to speak. Um, especially all the overtimes that we've been to, um, you know, we get, we get to this point in the game and it's like, I just want to point out of it just to be, just to be good and, and content with this. And that's all I'm thinking at this point in time, because 
we, we've had highs now, we've had lows now, and here we are. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think that uh, it can be a microcosm of the you know, season as a whole, then it can be applied to this game specifically, because this thing won't done. Uh, you know, I said we were down on the roller coaster there. But as I move on to the next scoring play, um, man, it, it is Patrick Kane doing it once again. Oh, man, he is unreal. Next level. I mean, he dishes it over perfectly to Debrinket, and he just one times at home. And at that's the point again that I'm going to break it again, Tony. I'm sorry. I'm going to get up for the letdown because they go back up. Yeah. They capture that momentum back momentarily. And then, yeah. Yeah. Ron, did you hear the infliction in Pat Foley's voice after that one? It was like sure thing, like super confident. Like, yeah, there it is. Yeah. And, you know, cause obviously that's their two star players this year offensively, no doubt with Jonathan Taves and Kirby doc also out, but you heard it in Foley's voice. Oh, there it is. You know, yeah. and it was just like expected from him. Oop, there it is. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's what it felt like, Tony. I don't know if you, you had anything on that because it was just, you know, an unbelievable assist coming through. And, uh, hey, Madison Bowie uh, getting his first career assist on this. Yep. I like that he didn't try to do too much, guys. He, you know, he could have easily tried to skate it over or, uh, you know, go to the other side, would try and work it down the left wall. All he did was just tap it back. The puck just came back out of a failed entry. He just taps it right back to someone circling back, one of his forwards, and that happens to be one of the best players in the world right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that that was arguably the prettiest goal uh, of the night. Um, loved every second of it. Uh, it was kind of reminiscent almost of a, of a Kane to Panarin type, uh, type play. Uh, you know, just cross ice, get it, get it over, get it in. Um, just absolutely loved it at that point, Ron. Uh, I think a lot of people are getting up for the letdown. Yeah, I think you see the hype, hype building, uh, man. You know, granted in Chicago, uh, bowls are kind of you know uh, still a work in progress. Baseball season ain't here yet. Looking for something to get excited about. So you know, uh, this is kind of where it's at. And uh, Hawks have been playing well, so at least they can uh, appease that as of late. But um, I think maybe people just jumping on um, are getting a little over anxious for what it was that we have kind of been calling um, all season, I guess. And any of us didn't expect it to be uh, at this level of, you know, points in whatever 10 of their last games before coming into this. Um, but, you know, it, it's at a level where uh, it's very exciting hockey. And obviously tonight was a, an exciting game. So I mentioned Connor Murphy's name guys earlier. Um, this is not going to be the last time. And uh, this is where they're really missing it because the Blackhawks are trapped in their own zone not too long after um, Atkinson hits a crossbar and uh, one of those rebounds comes out, um, you know, it comes off hard uh, off <laughs> those metal posts and uh, Michael Delzato is there to bury it on the rebound uh, from that left circle there, uh, tie this thing at five, five. And um, you know, the, you look at this one and the next goal, it's going to be scored. The D gets split to bring it. Sure. You have some forward help. That's a little bit at, fault on this uh, final goal that makes it six, five um, Zadorov can't get back completely. Keith was sucked out to the other side. Uh, maybe if Murphy's there, uh, he, he can deflect one of these uh, out of the way um, because, you know, he, he's a what 22 45, I think is average time on ice before being out with this hip ailment. So, um, you know, I had mentioned the five, five tie goal there. Um, it was Stenlin 
getting into a soft area behind the Hawks D. Uh, I think Duncan Keith went out a little too wide on that. The bracket didn't come down on support. And uh, Zadorov, he did, I will give him credit because he did get back and the stick was in the right place, but he could not get extended enough to poke it away uh, or disrupt the chance enough. And uh, Stenland's able to go five full through Lankinen. Um, and that was a heartbreaker in this one, gentlemen. Yeah, it really was. I mean, the first the first of those two goals was, I. this is actually a nickname that he has. DJ Banana Hammock, a.k.a. Michael Delzato. He gets his first as a Blue Jacket, and then, yeah, unfortunately, that game winner is a, is a heartbreaker. Um, I actually saw a tweet, Johnny, speaking of Zadorov. Uh, it's a, this is a James Naveau uh, on Twitter. He says, we're getting extremely close to bench Zadorov for at least a game territory, and I completely agree. There's more to that tweet, but I completely agree. And because I have to get at least his name in once per episode, uh, the Brandon Saad trade does not beep. look great right now. What, what would you say? I'm going to bleep that out there, Ron. Just just to piss you off. Um, I, I knew you, exactly where you were going with this because uh, I saw you talking about it going back to like how – can you imagine if we had not traded Brandon Saad for Zadorov? The, the trade's done, Ron. It's time to move on. Boss has already left the station. Yeah, uh, guys, this is the, uh, like I said, it's where the heart broke here. Um, and the roller coaster eventually crashed, uh, went off the rails um, for the Blackhawks, and the Blue Jackets are still riding it up into the sky right now um, because this was such a back-and-forth affair. Um, down multiple times for them, uh, multiple goals, too, uh, at points. And, um, you know, uh, they eventually come back and are able to win this thing. Um, like I said, I'm just missing Connor Murphy down the stretch there because you know he'd be out there in the crunch time minutes. You know he'd be the responsible one uh, to be in the right place, whereas, you know, nothing against Duncan Keith, Grizzly vet, but, you know, he gets sucked out very, very wide. And you go and look at that last goal from the back view, from the back boards, you know, end boards view, looking at that. Uh, it's what what do you do in that wide and not close the gaps? Like I said, could be on to break it too. Uh, it was coming on, I think, from a change. Um, and he wasn't able to come back and alleviate that lane that was coming in there. But, uh, man, you know, you'd got to feel like Connor Murphy uh, would be the one to meet him there and at least force him to the outside uh, by the circle. So, um, unfortunately, uh, that's how this thing shook out scoring-wise, 6-5. to five. Uh, Blue Jackets take it. Um, tough one, but we'll be back at it again uh, Saturday night. So, um, before we do get into that preview, I know we've got some news and stuff, um, but give me any last final analysis thoughts from this game. So then we can get uh, into said news and the uh, next game preview. Just a quick one. The Alex to uh, you know, rebound season train is in full steam ahead mode. He still looked great tonight, even though that little defensive mishap late in the game, he's, he's getting trending back toward being that $6.4 million player that Stan Bowman signed him to be good young teams can lose hockey games just like this. This was uh, somewhat of a sloppy played game, I think, from both sides. Um, puck bounces for, for both teams. Um, you know, you just got to pack this one in. Like I said earlier, you didn't weather the storm. I think if the Hawks, when they had their two-goal leads, tightened it up a little bit uh, and and just – it goes back to being young, man. There's a lot of young rookies on this team and they're going to make those mistakes. So it's really hard to tighten up and just play some clamp down defense and get through 
uh, the rest of the game, whether you have that lead in the second or the third. Um, I think they'll learn from this one. I think this one was a, a good way to learn and uh, move forward. But, uh, you know, don't forget it. But at the same point in time, don't hold your head back because I think you've got a really good chance to win your next hockey game. I would say so, too. Um, and I think, you know, it's weird to say, but even in a loss like this, you can take a lot of that offensive firepower that happened uh, and got through. And you said, hey, we can go in and we can score on these guys and we can do it very quickly. So th- that should be at least for me, if I'm the coaches after the game. You know, they, they got to be the king of silver linings for you to obviously, you know, talk about what went wrong. We'll break it down on film. Yada, yada. Here's where you got to be position wise. X's and O's, all that stuff. That'll get worked out. But we just talk about a morale standpoint um first of all two rookie guys scoring their first goals i mean that has to be for both bodan and mitchell a monkey off the back because it is it's like oh when are you going to do something in the show even if it's just joking from their buddies back home and then also just a uh mentality thing of hey we we can keep coming at these guys we do it enough it's going to end up in the back of their net because this same goalie that you know what up five against the hawks tonight was the same one that stoned them in a game that the Blackhawks completely flipped the script. They played extremely well and they were the ones that ended up losing the game uh, in that first, very first matchup with Columbus. It's tough, but at the same time, I'm not like surprised at all because like you talked about Tony, where we are at on the roller coaster and what did you expect? I mean, already enough growth to, to the point to where you have confidence uh, to win some of these games. And I wouldn't be surprised uh, if they came out and won by a two goal margin uh, on Saturday night. So uh, we'll get into that. Um, we'll do, do our news first here though. Uh, like I mentioned, absence of Connor Murphy, uh, he's out 10 to 14 days uh, with a right hip ailment. So um, that's a tough blow for the back end. Uh, you're going to need those young guys to step up. Uh, they're getting a shit ton of time already. Um, you're going to need to make it even more meaningful uh, for them. So uh, that's where that is. And the most devastating one of this is uh, Andrew Shaw. Back in the concussion protocol, guys, um, you know, usually we, we attribute it to something that Shaw's he did, and he was, like, really mixing it up with somebody or he fought or something like that. No, it was just uh, on a shift, a uh, guy trying to work along the boards with them and got an elbow up in his face uh, in that Tuesday night game at Dallas. Uh, so that one really stings for me. Yeah, it, it really does. And, and you know, going back to, to Connor Murphy, I mean, that one's just so tough. Because like you said, I mean, Johnny, you put it so well when we were, you know, talking about those last two goals. I mean, he's probably in that position. He's becoming that guy that they can rely on. I, I joked about it the one episode, Johnny, with you. Connor Murphy, number one defenseman. And tonight maybe started to feel a little bit like that. I mean, they got away with it with the the games against Dallas, but now I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Ron, you, you I'll, t- I'll talk briefly on Connor Murphy. And you know, this is, this is really at this point where you start to kind of value that trade where you look at it and you go, okay, this was, okay for the future uh just looking at where both of those players are in their careers and you start to say okay this this made a little bit of sense and how valuable Connor Murphy is you know going back to it I don't know if I still would have made it but right now um this is where it makes sense and it hurts because Connor Murphy isn't there in that position in those games um and it's it's kind of scary to think yeah there there were points in time tonight where Duncan Keith was making a few uh, if he plays, uh, I'll put it that way, uh, where you just kind of scratch your head and you're like, ah, oh, man, like you can tell that he's not all there and that Connor Murphy in that position, you'd rather him have the puck. 
Um, so yeah, that, that one really hurts. I think that one hurts this team more than the Andrew Shaw, uh, one, but I think from a, from a fan perspective, the Andrew Shaw one hits home a little bit more because, um, you see him come back. You talked a little bit about, um, him, him taking more of a leadership role on this team, uh, going to the, to the right places, uh, setting the tone out there on the ice, maybe being a little bit more professional, I think was the word we used. Uh, and then to see him, you know, and the, uh, the opposite end of a, an unfortunate elbow to the head, uh, back in concussion protocol, we all know the history with Andrew Shaw. Uh, that's the last thing that any of us wanted to see for Andrew Shaw, uh, this season. So, I mean, man, that just, it, it just sucks because, uh, I think his veteran presence in this lineup was something that, uh, uh, the young guys were, you know, learning from and, and took respect to. Uh, seeing Andrew Shaw in that lineup, and it, it just sucks that he's now uh, dealing with this yet again. Yeah, uh, from you know, first the just player himself standpoint. I mean, and as you know, and as a person, uh, you know, it took a lot for him to be able to come back. You know, he played what 14 games last year uh, before his whole season was wiped out. Didn't even come back after that long layoff in the summer due to COVID. Um, the season getting cut short, and then coming back for the um, you know, who, who would have expected? Brent Seabrook to, you know, three massive surgeries uh, to be back on the ice uh, before Andrew Shaw there, but obviously, you know, concussions are nothing to fuck with. So, um, you know, just wishing the best for him. So uh, but then you talk about the leadership, Tony, as well. Uh, you got a young guy in Alex to bring it. What he's 23 years old, wearing the A tonight, um, just because you had Murphy out, another guy who would wear the A, uh, obviously Andrew Shaw. Uh, one of those guys uh, who has worn it so far this season, uh, he was out as well. So, I mean, Kane and Brinkett, uh, we're in your eight tonight. Uh, that just tells you, you no know, from a leadership standpoint, because obviously Shaw's views of that, they relied on. So um, stay tuned uh, on tipsportsnet.com at Four Feathers Pod on Twitter. We'll have uh, updates as they come through. Um, we do have those injury reports up on the website right now. So uh, before we get into our game preview, though, uh, there's a finale uh, of this set coming up Saturday night. Um, uh, let's get a word from our ad man. Hey fellas, we are in the thick of winter in a storms of brewing, or should we say a stroms of brewing for four feathers here? Anyway, looks like there's one to three inches in the forecast when you go and trim that hibernation bush taking place in your pants. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped specialize in products to make sure you're walking around town with beautiful snowballs. Manscaped is here to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology, your snags on your snowballs will be reduced. The trimmer is also waterproof, so you can trim in the shower or the jacuzzi or wherever the hell you want. Manscaped's performance package is the best buy of 2021. It comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag. Have you ever noticed how nasty nose and ear hair is? In fact, 79% of partners polled admitted that nose hair is a major turnoff. Might as well have the best tools to take care of that job. The bundle also comes with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. The Crop Preserver is anti-chafing ball deodorant that will make your balls smell nice and fresh all day. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts that will make your balls look up and say thanks. Don't get cold feet this winter. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ONTAP at manscaped.com. That's the code ONTAP, all one word, at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. There's plenty of other amazing men's hygiene products on their website from disposable mats for your pubes to foot deodorant. 
So go and check it all out and take 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code ONTAP. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code ONTAP. All right, and thank you to Manscaped. We're back uh, with the Four Feathers postgame show once again, uh, recapping Blackhawks 6-5 loss here on Thursday, February 11th. Uh, next game, this Saturday, uh, February 13th, 7 p.m. Central Time, back at the United Center once again against these same Blue Jackets. Uh, Hawks now sit at 6-5-4 and four after tonight's outcome, and the Blue Jackets at 7-5-3. and three. Um, Guys, uh, you know, th- this team, we, we just saw tonight, I talked about how they know they can score on them. They can score on them in bunches here. Uh, I have a weird sense of confidence going into this game. Maybe that's just kind of... Uh, no, uh, Homer in me, but I just want to hear what you guys had to say on it. Yeah. I mean, I kind of respect the, the being a Homer too. Cause I kind of feel that way as well. I feel like today, maybe they just got overconfident because like Tony said, this is still a young team and sometimes you'll get overconfident. Sometimes you'll, you'll, you'll get a little too up for the letdown. And, and that kind of happened to some of these youngsters, I think tonight. So I think they, this humbles them a little bit. They they come back at it on Saturday, a little Saturday night hockey, nothing better. And uh, they find a way to get it done and, and, and at least get two points out of this two-game set. Ron, you said that beautifully. You sound, you sound awesome on the mic tonight. Just let me tell you. Um, you know, I, I, I like that. I like that comeback win here um, for Saturday night. I like the idea of this team – coming out and responding to a game like this. I think this is a real good test for these Blackhawks because you ride high for a little while and then you, you go out and you score, you know, five goals and you get beaten. Um, that, that has to tell you, you need to go back to one thing and that's play defense. So see if they could put together the, uh, the complete package on Saturday night. But uh, I like, I like the Blackhawks winning in this one. And, and a reason that I have for that, you know, I, I said the Homer thing, and yeah, sure, that, that's a factor, obviously. I want the Hawks to win every goddamn game. It's no secret here at Fort Feathers. Uh, we're, we're blunt about it. We, we're, you know, we own it. Um, but also, when you talk about adjustments, and there's one thing that um, Jeremy Cowden and I have been able to give him props for along the way, not just this year. Um, and last year, Tony, you and I talked about it. Ron, you and I have talked about it as well on various shows. Um, they have done well in adjusting from game to game from a systematic standpoint and the X's and O's of what needs to get done. You saw responses from after the first four games on the road trip this year uh, to what they were able to pull off on a stretch of point winning games after that. And, you know, the also personnel wise, sure. Yes. It absolutely sucks missing Connor Murphy. He's one of your biggest minute eaters, one of your most reliable defensemen, but think about the win at Dallas on Tuesday night, same exact defensive core they had out here tonight. Sure, there were mishaps. It, it happened. Uh, Columbus was able to expose some of that. But when you talk about adjustments that are being able to be made um, against a team that can score, because the Stars ain't no slot, and, and they were still a lethal threat. They The Blackhawks were able to shut down their power play, which is top of the league coming into that. Um, there's adjustments that can be made. I think they will make them. So uh, I like the Blackhawks win on Saturday night. Gentlemen, um, let's get a stick to click for uh, this Saturday night matchup. Yeah, uh, Johnny, when we last talked about our sticks to click, I said ah, the really easy one to me felt like Alex to And then I went slick Nick and slick Nick paid off. I'm going to go back to the really easy one and I'm going to go Alex to because a goal and two helpers tonight, you know, he's he's back on that redemption train. He is he's getting back to form. Um, 
and he just looks fantastic. And I'm actually repping his jersey right now while we're recording. Uh, to me, the cat is my stick to click for Saturday night. I'm going to ride with Kubelik. Uh, I, I really want to see that slapper go in. That's pretty much the only reason. Slap shots are cool and tough. One-timers are cool and tough. Bring the high heat. Going Kubelik. I like it. He, he was close tonight too, Tom. I mean, if Corpusala doesn't get that shoulder up, I mean, you're talking about another one that was reminiscent of um, the, the kind of errant puck that he was able to uh, nail home a few games ago. So I, I like that one as well. But I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Pia Suter, uh, 24. There's no Sunday game this weekend. We talked about the Suter Sundays, Ron. Uh, I think me and Comiskey were on for after that hat trick game that he had against Detroit early on. Uh, scored another goal on another Sunday game that they had not long after. Uh, no Sunday game this week. So he's got to do it on Saturday night. So uh, I'll go with Pia Suter for that reason alone. About all I've got, though, uh, Drummond, you, you got final thoughts uh, before we close the show down completely. Nope, just hoping for a rebound W on Saturday. I don't have anything uh, else here, guys. Uh, this was fun to get together with the three of us and, and talk some Blackhawks, though. Yeah, uh, always a good time, gentlemen. Uh, I, you know, despite the outcome, hope everyone, uh, listener-wise, enjoyed the podcast. Uh, make sure you go and follow us on Twitter at Four Feathers Pod and at OnTap Sportsnet. Uh, go and subscribe, rate, and review uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd greatly appreciate it. So, uh, we'll bounce back with the win Saturday night, speaking it into existence. I think we all uh, kind of said that here in our preview uh, for this next game. So let's close it down. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks.